This is Poodle with three rounds of Boxing Collective. You are now listening to In Between Rounds, a 3R series. So Jimmy Goodman Jr. I'm out of Rockford, Illinois, with the Rockford Patriots Boxing Club. So I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us here. And how did you first get involved with uh, with boxing? Well, uh, thanks a lot for, for getting in touch with me, and I appreciate it. But um, I got to my father got me, introduced me to it, you know, when I was just a young kid. I mean, I was probably four years old when I entered the boxing gym. Um, he, had, he had a gym back in the day, in the early 80s, and uh, it's a downtown boys club in Rockford, him and another guy. They had a, the had a pretty good team back in the 80s, I guess. So your, your dad was also a boxer? Yeah, you know, um, he, he boxed when he was younger. You know, heck, my dad's almost 80 years old now. So, you know, they probably had little smokers and stuff back way back when, when he was younger. But then um, he, I know it was like a half-brother that, that got to compete a little bit. Started out in Rockford at, at some old, old-timers gym. And I guess he kind of learned coaching a little bit through him as well. You know, just kept it going and... <laughs> and then evolved to where, you know, to where it is today. Right. Now, when when you personally got started into it, did you know you would eventually compete or you were just trying to learn the sport? You know, I was just in the gym at four years old. You know, you're just in there just because dad's in there. Now I'm watching all the other all the other guys train. And, you know, he ended up having some good boxers, you know, when he was, well, my dad was head of the team way back then. And, and it was just a part of my life. It, it was something that I never even thought about that I don't remember how, the, how I learned how to throw a jab at first because it happened when I was so young, it, it was just become, it was just a part of me. And then when I was seven years old is when I had my very first, my first match. And um, it was before you were able to compete, you know, like, I don't even know if eight, you could compete at eight years old at the time, but I was seven and, and they had exhibition matches back then. And, you know, at the times, I think guys were fighting two or three times a day. So... <laughs> yeah, I, I remember. I, re- I remember my first match. I really do. I can remember it today. I did pretty good. <laughs> I've talked to a couple of boxers when they when they win their fa- first match, and it really gives them that boost of confidence to kind of continue going in there. How, how, did yeah, you, uh, how did you feel right after your first bout? And you know, I, I did good. I know I did really well. And it was, like I said, it was an exhibition. They they raised both of our hands, but there was no question about who won the who would have won the bout. Um, I remember giving the kid a bloody nose, and you know it was it was a little something that you remember back when you're I mean seven years old, and and that wasn't too bad. I I had a pretty good little little stance to me and a little style at the time from how they used to train back then, and I was probably better than seven than I ever was at ever. <laughs> now, so, how many years did you did you compete? You know, I competed till I was about twelve years old, and then see what happened. See, they had an Olympian from Rockford out of my dad's mm-hmm. gym. Him and another guy who had the team. It was that other guy's son. Um, he was a bronze medalist in '88. And Nate, it was Nate Gould. It was his son. And, and Nate, my dad and Nate had the team. And then Kenny Gould, he, after he went to the Olympics, they kind of, the boys' club at the time, they kind of took our gym away. Said, oh, you know, they kind of put us through the runaround, I remember. And, and we didn't have the gym anymore. You know, it was when things were, they're going to make it to the boys' girls' club. And they took the, the boxing away. And, so I stopped when I was about 12 years old, 12 or 13. I stopped. I had had some matches up until then. And then my dad, he he bought a gym out when he was when I was about 15 years old mm-hmm. or so. He actually put the gym up in the, in, the, in the back of a barn that he had at his house. And uh, I guess the gym at the time was labeled as Goodman's Boxing Gym. 
I guess, under USA Boxing. Uh, it just kind of evolved from there. But then I, I joined the military, you know, when I was 19 years old, and I, I got to compete for the Air Force team a little bit. How's that different? Because I, I know, I know some coaches that train kind of in, you know, uh, Air Force. How, how is that structured as far as um, do they compete? amongst you know the the different branches uh, or, or how does that work yeah yeah they, they do but well, we were we were in texas and uh we were we were stationed out of texas it was it was i actually had it made i was almost like a professional a professional amateur mm -hmm. boxer because i was being paid oh. to the air force my, my normal pay but my my side job was uh i had a special duty assignment as, a, as amateur boxer so i i just got to live over at, at the hotel on base and I trained three times a day for the week and for each, you know, Monday through Saturday. So we usually had Sundays off or something. And then uh, we went up to Minnesota. We competed out of Minnesota. I mean, different teams right. around. It was all right. Huh. Yeah, because I still see those teams and, I, and I've seen some images of, of the, you know, their shows. They look to be really well put together. It looks like it's a, it's a whole event. Now, when you were done with your service, uh, did did you jump right back into boxing in some form or another? Or? Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. See, 9-11 happened, and then they took me away from, they closed all the extra the extra curricular activities out of the military pretty much mm -hmm. down. At least at the Air Force, they did. Um, so then they put me to work, and then I was in the box, and it was like you got sent off to, you know, to, the, to the Middle East. And then uh, and after, after the military, you know, I went back home, went back home to Rockford. I started talking to my dad. I'm like, hey, we should, we had the ring still in the back of the barn. The barn was still there, you know. Mm -hmm. He kept it going a little bit mm -hmm. when I was gone. He had him and a couple other coaches, actually one who helped me out right now. Um, they had it going a little bit, um, a little inconsistent at times, but, um, you know, they had a Golden Rose champion come out of there. And so, but then he closed it down and, and then, but when I got back out, I said, hey, let's open the gym back up. And, and that's exactly what we did. We opened the gym back up and uh, started training young, younger, young ones. That, that was in 2003. Oh, okay. Now, it was was the gym still called Goodman's at, the, at that time? Yeah, you know, the Goodman's gym, you know, that's what we were going to have it as. And then uh, I, I told my dad, I said, we need to get get back in with the community center or, or the boys club like he used to. Because where, where the gym was at, at his house, it was at the south side, the south end of the town, and it was out in a rural area. It really wasn't too convenient to um, to get to. So, so what we were doing is, uh, we were we knew a couple of guys that used to have their kids boxing, and, and we were actually taking the car, driving 30 minutes out one way, 30 minutes back, and, and having these kids train. And then we'd have to take them back home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 30 minutes out, 30 minutes back. Never got it, never asked for you know for a penny from mm. from the kids ever you know yeah and I'm like we need to get the gym in a in a more centralized location okay. and then I went out and searched out uh, a couple community centers and and I found the Patriots Gateway Community Center mm. the executive director through there used to used to be the head the executive director of the boys club and he was in charge of a lot of the boys clubs you know in the Midwest and then uh. He knew Dad was, had a pretty good reputation, and then I remember going into his office. Someone told me he's in charge of the Patriots Gateway Community Center. That's where we get the Patriots from, is because the community center is called the Patriots Gateway Community Center. And so I never even heard of it. It was it was pretty new, 
when I got back at that time, it was only open to maybe a, a year or two. I walked into his office and I talked to him. He said, let's have a meeting with my dad and, and myself. And uh, we went back and I'll never forget. He was like, I'll get, here's a thousand dollars. You know, he says, I'll get you guys some equipment. Here's a thousand dollars worth of equipment you guys can get. Awesome. Whatever you need. And then we'll work you guys in somehow to get you guys down in, in the central rock, center of Rockford. It's kind of that support from the community that, you know, sometimes, you know, you don't see lately, but that's, that's great. But you guys are located is it in downtown Rockford or where are you guys kind of localized? It's called, it's called Midtown, Midtown okay. District of Rockford. Not quite downtown, but it's the center of Rockford pretty much. I remember he was like, the, the director was like, man, you guys got to, you guys got, we need you guys here in our, in our, in our building. And uh, the building was like an old, it was like a, not an old, but it was a brand new school. And there really wasn't anywhere to have a, have a gym though. Uh, the basketball they had, a, they had a gymnasium for basketball, but basketball players were using that pretty much every day. So then, the basketball teams didn't like us because we ended up getting half the gym oh. three times a week. So <laughs> we pushed the basketball players. But here I am in a half of a gym, and I had about fifty kids, at least fifty. Wow. And then we had we had a little um, storage closet. Uh -huh. We ended up hanging about three heavy bags in a storage closet. Fifty other kids out in the gym. Wow make him do exercises and hold him maybe the medicine ball or some mid pad, some pads up for mm -hmm. did, did you um, have a competitive team since the get-go yeah I actually did uh, you know we the, some of the kids that we had you know we had a, a kind of like a core of six or seven kids maybe mm -hmm. you know had a couple boys and we had, we had like a little girl that was pretty decent at the time and we started training called up I knew some people from back before when I used to compete and got in and Find out where some local shows were. Mm -hmm. Took it off from there. But um, but yeah, that's where we set. That's where I had my eyes set on at all times. I you know I knew we had an Olympian. Um, and through, through me training through uh with the with the Air Force team, we had some pretty good guys. We had a national Golden Gloves champion with us at the time, and um, a couple of good, pretty decent guys. So and and I had a, a background in wrestling, so it wasn't like I wanted to be just a, you know a good little local team. Mm -hmm. You know, I had my eyes set on uh, on a higher level. We we started out like a boom back when the ringside tournament was headed was going on, and that's the national tournament that we got to go to. You know, at the time because at the time maybe the silver gloves, kids mm -hmm. go to the silver gloves, but junior Olympics only took 15, 16 year olds at the time. They didn't take the younger kids. Uh. Silver gloves was the only one that actually took the younger ones, but the ringside tournament took everybody. Right. You know. And, and that, so we went to the work side and, and going there, you know, it, it got you exposed a little bit to everybody else mm -hmm. and uh, and not just boxing, but but coaching as well. You know, whenever I go out, I, I, I observe other coaches. I try picking up little little tactics here and there. It doesn't matter if they're, if they're from Texas or Florida or California. Right. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, if I'm watching someone, I see that someone that's pretty decent. I'm going to watch their coach, see what he does. That's, you know, maybe I can grab something from their from their arsenal and put it in my own. Now, how many how many coaches do you have uh, in your team right now? Man, I got I got a good I got a good handful of coaches right now that makes the team that even much better. Right now, uh, we got Coach William Sockwell, uh, Jaime Sanchez, Coach Juan uh, Flores. We got Coach George uh, Cuco. We got Sergio uh, De La Rosa. Uh, six to seven coaches at a time plus myself I mean, we have eight of us probably all total mm -hmm. 
everybody's not in the gym at the same time all the time. Yeah. Is there anything that you look for, looking to get some help or something uh, to get another coach in? Is there anything you look for in particular? Or yeah, you know, boxing coaches. They're not like they're not like basketball coaches. You know, mm -hmm. everybody and their brothers play basketball or or baseball, even wrestling. You can get a lot of a lot of kids to help out. But boxing, you know, you know, boxing. Boxing is territorial. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and certain coaches have certain techniques and certain styles they want to coach so i i kind of adapt you know i try to i try not to have one set style of coach but i have i have a pretty much i have a certain way i'm going to coach and want my kids to train but but fundamentals i just don't let anybody come in and say hey i i'll come in and help you out for, for one you gotta worry about safety i just can't let someone come in you know one of my coaches he's more of a motivational coach he doesn't know too much technique i don't expect him to know all the technique but he's there to keep an eye on kids and right well, I'm, I'm more of a technical coach. You know, I want the fundamentals, fundamentals done correctly. The other guys who came and help out, you know, if they want to come and help out, it's it's time consuming. Right. But Because it, it, they don't get paid. We're not getting paid mm -hmm. for this. You know, so they want to come and put their time in. But they have some more intrinsic value that, um, that they get out of it by helping out the kids and, and watching them grow. Is there any attribute you're hoping that, that they will have, especially for a kid that might want to compete? Is have anything that you look for? Work ethic, work ethic is, is, is huge. If they don't have a, the, you know, the work ethic to, to want to try to get better, to try to learn, um, you can always say, oh, you can't ever teach hard. Or, you know, we always want that. But if they don't, if they don't work hard, you don't know what they're going to have at all, anyways. So that, that's what that's the huge, probably number one aspect I want is someone that that wants to be there and wants to learn and and wants to train. But if they want to be there and want to train, doesn't mean they're going to have the heart though, <laughs> you yeah. know. Right. So, I mean, they could train all they want and, and, and love the training aspect, mm -hmm. but, you know, when things get tough inside that square circle, they're not going to have it. They might back down. So, but, but you, it starts off with the work ethic at, at any age. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's definitely, that's one of the, the good things that you learn in this sport that the kids can take, you know, beyond boxing if they, if they decide to do something else, which is, which is a great aspect. When you started to have kids that were, were ranked, with USA Boxing, you know, first of all, do you, you know, do you recall when your kids started to get ranked? And then two, how much, how much stock do you put on, on rankings? It's a feather in the cap always, you know, when you see your kids ranked up. I don't put much stock in the, in the rankings. Um, it, it only can go so far. But what it does work, though, is, I mean, if, if you're ranked and you're, you know, you're going to be some, you're going to box someone decent, theoretically. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but I've had guys ranked up that, uh, you know, just because there's enough kids in the division doesn't, you know, there's eight kids in the division and he wins one match so he's ranked number six you know so he's i got the numbers yeah so you can put how much you want to in that so i don't really care about the rankings it, it doesn't matter all that matters is when you win the tournaments that's all that matters hmm. nowadays you win that tournament in december the u.s championships that's the one that counts hmm. you know but when i first started you know i didn't have all my coaches that i had right right um it was me it was me and my father he was kind of even getting out of it he was retired and he was he was sitting in on him and especially when i got to the center i was the one down there a lot of times by myself with with 30 plus kids and then wow. i had a couple extra coaches at the time they came later on and and they've helped me then it was one or two of us at the time or maybe two or three of us going so mm -hmm. but without those guys none of it would have been we wouldn't have been as successful as we are today it's a team now because I, I, I feel we're pretty successful right now. We wouldn't be where we're at without everybody's their contribution to the gym. Yeah, I remember I had a couple of young kids that were pretty decent. The De Leon brothers, mm -hmm. they were qualifying for the 
for the Nationals, whether if it was silver gloves and, and maybe the ringside tournament at the time, they were wet, had a couple of them win that. And, and and that's where, you know, that's where it started off a little bit. A little side note, uh, Isamari Aquino, you know, she just yep. turned, she just turned pro. And I remember when I had interviewed, actually I spoke to, to her father, uh, Mario, uh, a couple years ago, just to kind of do a little write up on, on Isamari. And now, and now she turned pro and, and she had her start with you guys, right? Yeah, her and her brother, um, started out at our at our gym and heck, i think even in the back barn i think they were in the back barn as well that's how far back it went and um but she was real little you know they came in and and mario was always you know mario was strict on them you know he made he made sure they were well disciplined and and their dad he you know he he had a lot to a lot to do with um their success you know the, the older brother and and even her success you know sometimes parents can get overlooked and um but we know that they have to have you got to have that support that support at home and dad and dad was always there for her it's a unit you know they're very united they're they're all uh, moving forward and that's the type of uh support system you need especially in a, a tough tough sport like this so i remember when they moved you know and you know her older brother called me up and see they moved down to san antonio and and that's where i was competing at for the air force team so i knew i knew of Coach Ramos and his in his boxing gym down there at the time, and um, I remember a brother asking me, "Where should we go?" And um, is there any gyms you recommend? And, and I told him, "I said you got to go to Ramos's gym." That's what I told him. I said, "That's the gym you want to be at." You know, he thanked me for it, and and she did. She, I guess, they went a couple places before that, and then they ended up going to Ramos's, and then she, you know, she stuck it out with them, and and um, I mean, he's the one who who did everything, you know, to get her where where she's at today you know i'm proud that she started with us you know right. it's it's always it's flattering to know that you want to see someone that's been with you to be successful it's you know especially as successful as she was as successful as she is and, and it's, it makes me proud you know that she started with our gym touching a little bit uh, on that more generally amateur boxers in general who are at that level who are on the youth team and, and, and winning national titles and, and all that stuff but when they do that you know they do that crossover that chain to the to the pro ranks it's it's very different it's a different it's almost a different t sport it's a different tactics different ways of doing things it's what would you think is the most difficult thing for an amateur boxer a successful amateur boxer transitioning into the pros I, I, I never fought pro or you know, some guys might have a little bit of thought process on what they could have. or But on the outside looking in, and, and before I even have guys, I've had kids that were that turned pro, but I wouldn't have ever suggested it. But it, that they got you got to be strong at the pro level. You got to have the strength. And you got to be able to take that shot. You know, they're hitting, you're using eight ounce gloves now. And those eight ounce gloves aren't made, they're made a little bit different than the amateur boxing gloves. You better be strong, be ready to take a shot because it's not you're not hitting getting hit with, with my kids anymore you're getting hit by grown men or grown women you know let's bring it back to the to the amateurs and we touched on it a little bit where seeing how tough boxing is and how many sacrifices that are that need to be done to run a successful competitive team what has been the the toughest thing for you to the kind of balance to keep the team going and, and building on the success that they have already you know you, you got to have the passion for the sport see if you're, I, I don't i don't have any kids i'm not married i don't have any kids that are competing a lot of kids we see out throughout usa boxing they're they're trained by their parent by their father or their mother or father their team of mother and father mm -hmm. and you wonder it's if it wasn't for their kids or would they still be in the sport you know i don't want to answer for any of them but i 
I, I've seen a lot. I've seen kids come and go when their when their kid isn't boxing anymore. They're not coaching anymore. But so it's not just what I want for my my own personal kid because I don't have any. But I have the passion for the sport because I want to I want to teach kids to love the sport and what it's given back to me. You know, you learn. I got to gain me confidence out throughout my life. The trials and tribulations it takes, I man. You, you know, you, you get beat, you get back up, you win, you lose. The hard work, workout trainings, the, it all plays a part. You know, the drive is always there. And I, I wouldn't know what I would do w without boxing because I just can't imagine it because I've been doing it my entire life. It's just been a part of me is what it is, you know. So to say there's one thing, man, it's, it's the, whole, uh, the whole aspect of just boxing in general the competitiveness mm -hmm. winning <laughs> watching success you know grow kind of passion right it, you know it, it when they say it's a lifestyle that that's exactly what it is how how do you deal with a with a boxer that maybe had a tough loss or maybe it's a, it's a long training camp and how do you keep the kids focused or is it up to them ultimately hey that's different that's difficult um especially when when things aren't going as they are planned and you, you know you got to work with that's where you have a team aspect in boxing you know you got to try to keep everybody on the same page you, there's more boxing tomorrow and it's amateur boxing you can lose an amateur boxing and, and still be all right it's not the pros where especially which is too bad about our our sport where for pros boxing their the record is the undefeated record is looked so high upon we can blame whoever we want for all that nonsense but uh but amateur boxing is different you know if, if you don't if you get a tough loss you move on and, and not everybody's going to be the world champ, and not everybody's going to move on to the pro ranks either. So what are you going to do? You're going to sit and cry about, you know, if things aren't going your way, or you get back up, back to the gym tomorrow, and, and move on. And um, just like any other aspects of life, if you don't get the job, what are you going to do? You're going to go home and be miserable and depressed in your in your bedroom and shut the lights off? You know, get up and you got to move on. With the the quarantine and, and, and everything that's happening now, how... How are you as a boxing gym dealing with several aspects of it being shut down? What are the many things that you are dealing with at this point? Ah, you know, just like anybody else, I just go day by day and, and whatever whatever the state allows. I've been on phone calls with USA Boxing about what they hope for, and but it doesn't mean anything until the state opens up. You know, I, I contact my kids that I, you know, they're at our gym and I provided them with some material here and there and just tell them to keep doing what they're supposed to be doing. Train what we normally do is what I tell them. And if they are, if they're doing it, they're doing it. If not, you know, that's on them, you know? So I expect my my open competitive boxers to, to stay on top of what they're supposed to be doing. And uh, I always tell them, stay ready. So you don't have to get ready is what we always tell them. You know, everybody, we're, we're all in the same boat. We're all in it together. If teams are still training and and they're not following the uh, the CDC recommendations, you know, that's on them. I'm not gonna do it. You know, I'm not gonna jeopardize my gym or, right. or myself or, or my kids' safety mm -hmm. and um, just let them do what they're supposed to do. And, you know, maybe it's a good, maybe it's a good little break from it because, you know, boxing, we don't get any breaks from boxing. Boxing's, right. there's no season, it's all year round. So, hey, mm -hmm. we hopefully come back a little rejuvenated and, and a little more hungry when they come back. That That's, that's a great outlook on it. and. Uh, you know, I hope more more coaches see the the positive things of what's happening now instead of the things that that uh, that is not going their way. And, and just your opinion, what do you think? You know, post you know the, the whole pandemic, how how boxing is going to look at after this is done? You know, just like the, you know, just like the sport says, you got to roll with the punches, man. And um, if you want to keep doing this, you know, whatever's whatever the 
the law says we got to do, then that's what we'll do. And personally, I don't know what's going to happen. Hopefully, we look back at this and we laugh at it one day and be like, oh, yeah, I remember that time and the corona was around and we did all this nonsense. And that's why I hope it comes out to be because I have some good kids coming up myself and, and I want to see how good they can get and go as far as they can. Any, any final words or, or thank you or shout outs to, to anybody you want to say that has helped you get to where you're at uh, now? Oh, no, I, you know, I appreciate you guys, you know, um, trying to keep boxing going when there is no boxing, right? Um, really keeping our interest in it. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't happen without the, a team aspect. Everybody from all gyms, even when, you know, on like we've hosted uh, Saturday sparring sessions with, you know, teams from Wisconsin come down to the Milwaukee gym, the UCC team, Orly Miranda, their team, mm-hmm. guys from, you know, every, the, whole, the whole area, the region has helped. We, we get each other better, and that's what I like about it. The Quad Cities has come in from Jeff Perez and Al, the Alley Cat. Those guys, you know, we're all become like one little family. We're competitive. Everybody wants to win. Boxing's a different kind of – it's a different sport. It's not typical like some other sports that you might be a part of. And It's fun when everybody gets to see everybody improve, and we help each other out. You know, I was talking to one of a coach from Iowa was it yesterday. He was just talking about how everybody, you know, helps each other out, and – and it's cool when you see, you know, the success, especially like from Izamari, you know, you want to see that success continue. Uh, all right, Coach, I do appreciate your time. Uh, hopefully everything goes back to normal soon. It's, it's, it's kind of, like you said, it's kind of strange to not have boxing. But, uh, you know, what? I think a lot of people are going to take advantage and just kind of recharge. And, you know, you know when to let the gates open. It's, you know, some of those matches, are gonna, you know, the bouts are going to be very, very intense. So looking forward to see that. This is Spoodle with Three Rounds, a boxing collective. You are now listening to In Between Rounds, a 3R series.